Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Monday Check-In. Today is Monday, October 5th. I'm Damon Heitman, one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. Glad to be here with you today. uh, This is the Monday Check-In. So what we'll do is... Uh, We'll do a little Bible study, a little sneak preview of uh, the scripture for this upcoming Sunday, some of the themes um, that we might find in the passage, some of the themes we might highlight in the service on Sunday. And then we switch gears and we talk a little bit about the life of the church, what's going on at First Pres, what folks uh, might want to be aware of, participate in, um, all those sorts of good things. So uh, anything else there, Greg? I think that covers it. Should we open with a word of prayer, Damon? Yeah, uh, let's do that. Loving and gracious God, as we gather together again to to study your word and to ponder its meaning um, for our lives, um, for the lives of others, I simply ask that your spirit and your presence might be with us, uh, that you might draw out for us the words and the questions and the thoughts Uh, which we need for this day and for the days ahead. In your gracious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So for this coming Sunday, we are going to, at least one of the scriptures is going to be from Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. This is another uh, one of Paul's letters. This past Sunday, we heard Paul writing to the Corinthians, right? The Corinthians, and then the week before that was actually the Philippians. So we did a passage from Philippians 2, two weeks ago. Um, and for some reason, Greg has decided to focus on the Pauline letters this fall. So we're, we're making a return trip to Philippi. Yeah, and so we can talk about that. But uh, why don't you uh, read it for us first, and then we can, uh, we can dive in a little bit. All right. So Philippians 4, verses 1 through 9. Therefore, my brothers and sisters... Whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Euodia, and I urge Sinas. How would you pronounce this name, Greg? Sintiche? Sintike? 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 I urge a couple of believers, specific believers in Philippia, Uh, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Here ends this reading. Greg, what do you got? 
Well, um, we'll let uh, the church know, and as well as our other seven loyal listeners, that uh, we are starting our stewardship uh, campaign. And we're going to, for three weeks, Pastor Damon and I will be reflecting on themes of stewardship as we uh, send out the letters and invite people to fill out pledge cards so that we can build our budget for 2021. And so, um, and we don't shy away from themes of stewardship throughout the year, but this is a chance for us to focus for three weeks strongly on this. And Paul writing to the community in Philippi, I think there are some parallels that we can draw between kind of what he's writing to them about and, and perhaps what we ourselves are going through, what we're experiencing as a, as a community of faith. And so picking up on that, um, we talk about uh, Paul's writing and urging them uh, to be of the same mind because they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my coworkers. And so we know that they're, they're going through a hard time. And, and, and then Paul sort of writes, well, what is our response to the hard time that we're going through? And then this beautiful line of rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And then it's just a series of really phenomenal short phrases and one-liners that uh, help us focus our faith uh, grounded yeah. in um, grounded in, in who God calls us to be. And, and Paul is reminding the community in Philippi of that. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. There's a lot of memory verses in here <laughs> and a lot of verses that I remember um, pieces, parts of from growing up. And there's a lot of, things that end up on cards <laughs> in this um, <laughs> in this passage. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think back because a couple of weeks ago you shared um, some sort of general context about um, the community gathered in Philippi. Philippi. And, yeah, and some of the general, that might be helpful to draw back into this yeah, so conversation. Yeah, so if we think um, about Paul's missionary journey to Philippi, um, Philippi was uh, the first Christian community in Eastern Europe. It was around Macedonia. And it was uh, sort of a, a hotbed of, uh, of Roman patriotic nationalism. There was a, a large Roman garrison stationed there. And then also apparently it was quite a, uh, a retirement community for uh, Roman soldiers and uh, officers. <laughs> And so there was a lot of uh, loyalty to the Roman Empire there. And so as Paul was there initially in his first missionary journey, uh, sort of sharing about Jesus with the community of Philippi and getting followers to, to follow Jesus, it created a bit of a conflict uh, between the Jesus followers and these Romans. Because um, in, in the Roman parlance, the only king is Caesar. Uh, and so if you talk about your emperor or your king, you're supposed to be referring to Caesar. And what these early Christians were saying was, no, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is king. And that created conflict between the early Christian community and the, the, the loyalists of Rome. And then the same thing would be true with, with thinking about the notion of uh, empires, right? So the Roman Empire was the one that was considered the greatest. And uh, now these Jesus followers were doing claiming this thing called the kingdom of God, which wasn't necessarily a physical kingdom that included territory and troops, which you would normally associate with a kingdom, but instead was a kingdom uh, of a radically different worldview and a radically different way of being. 
And so um, Paul gets this community started in Philippi and they, they find that they're experiencing some persecution. And so when Paul writes the letter back to the community in Philippi, he's, uh, it's a letter of encouragement. It's a letter of reminding them uh, who they are, what they've committed to be as Jesus followers, even in the face of this persecution of this patriotic nationalism that they're facing in this community of Philippi. So I think that is helpful context. And I, I will probably remind the church of that uh, a little bit in my sermon on Sunday as, as we ground it in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think <clears throat> it's a question of allegiance, right? Um, and that you, you can really only swear to so many things. Like you can really only pledge your fealty um, I believe is, I hope that's a, a proper phrase for this, um, to, to so many things. Um, and, and I think oftentimes when we talk about stewardship, um, I mean, we, we give out pledge cards, don't we? We do. <laughs> um, and, and, and we ask people to make a pledge to the community, um, and to pledge themselves to the community in some way, to pledge themselves to one another in some way, and also to pledge themselves to God and to support the work and the mission of God that's being done through, in our case, the specific community of First Presbyterian Church, but it could be any church anywhere. It could be any community of faith anyway, anywhere, right? Um, and, and to pledge themselves to some of these values um, that Paul describes, I, I'm looking at, uh, verse eight specifically like to pledge themselves to to whatever is true and whatever is honorable or honorable and whatever is just whatever is pure and pleasing whatever is commendable um like that those are sort of the some of the values of the kingdom of god um that i think that you're describing um that the paul is asking those in philippi to to pledge to continue to pledge themselves to um when they're being asked to pledge themselves to so many other things. Um, and I think we know something about being asked to pledge ourselves to lots of different things. Um, we're asked to pledge ourselves to car companies. Um, I have to sign a user agreement every time I go onto the internet <laughs> for something. Um, those are all pledges that we're asked to make and that stand in contrast to the pledge that we're asked to make to God, I guess. Yeah, that's really well said. In fact, as you were speaking, I wrote those down as sermon ideas. Thank you for that, Damon. You've, uh, <laughs> you've got my, my, my mind rolling and flowing on uh, how this sermon might be shaped, but I really do, I appreciate that. And um, backing up a little before 4.8 on 4.5, this notion of let your gentleness be known to everyone, the Lord is near. And I think that ties in directly with the sermon I preached two weeks ago on this passage of Philippians about compassion and humility, Right. Mm -hmm. I think gentleness goes along with those values as well. Um, and then this, then this promise that uh, do not worry about anything, but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, that God will listen um, to not worry. And you think about the community in Philippi facing the persecution they may be facing. You think about our own community facing what we're facing right now in this pandemic. Um, and this assurance that Paul says, do not worry. Uh, pray instead uh, of worry. And then this line in 4-7, which is oftentimes a benediction that's spoken at, at worship services. This is actually a benediction that I use whenever I'm giving a funeral. 
Um, Mm-hmm. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And uh, it's it's a prayer, it's a supplication, it's inviting the peace of God into our lives. Uh, by living out these values, we can leave worry behind. We don't need to worry because we're inviting God's peace to enter our lives. So even though there may be worldly things that are still afflicting us or impacting us, uh, we are given the peace of God, which guards our hearts and minds. And and I think that that was certainly true to the community in Philippi as they faced persecution because of this patriotic nationalism. I think it's certainly true in our own community today as, as we face this pandemic, but also face this terribly polarized political season we're facing mm-hmm. as a, a nation um, th- that we're called I don't want to say to rise above, but in some sense, yes, to rise above, to, to, to not be part of this, but to instead be part of these kingdom values and to proclaim Jesus as Lord. And, and that statement, Jesus is Lord, um, if you go back to first century uh, Roman Empire, that was, that was a, you were setting yourself up for persecution by making that statement, because what you're saying is Caesar is not. Um, and, and, and so what we're saying today as Christians, when we say Jesus is Lord is we're saying money is not, and capitalism is not Jesus is Lord. And, and our values are meant to reflect the life and ministry and death and resurrection of Jesus, not all these other things that, uh, that we're told, like you said, loyalty to a car company or loyalty to Mm -hmm. a computer company or whatever um our loyalty is different than that mm-hmm. yeah I, th- <clears throat> I think that we oftentimes miss the radical nature of that that word lord um and and having that having that deeper understanding of the context in philippi makes a big difference um to that then you start to get a sense of because that word lord shows up uh, i'm just there's four i see it four different times just in these and like the first five verses that we've picked out, right? And I'm not really looking all that close. <laughs> yep. um, and yeah, and so that constant reminder of the call to um, that, you know, like, no, I, we we do as, ascribe to and attempt to be loyal to to higher things, right? Um, and I and I think that we're asked to pick sides a lot um and to declare which whose side we're on and what team we're on um a lot and uh and you can never switch teams and you have to think the way that your team thinks all the time and uh you can't criticize your team (laughs) whatever your team may be and 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 we're asked to no no we're not we're not really on any of these teams. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we, we pledge our allegiance to God, and, and in theory, that's it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 when when these other teams' values come into conflict with the values that we're taught about the kingdom of God, our job as followers of Jesus are are to lean into the values of the kingdom of God: compassion and humility, and patience and gentleness, and 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 on right. and on. Mm-hmm. Instead of the values that uh, these other other entities that are calling for our loyalty 
tell us to lean into. And, and that's, that's important. That's, that's countercultural in the biggest way. Um, uh, but that's who we're called to be. And so in the context of, we're going to do, like I said, three weeks on, on stewardship. And uh, I finally landed on a stewardship campaign theme. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be loving and sharing for such a time as this. Um, and uh, I, I stole the phrase for such a time as this from the book of Esther. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Esther is challenged by her uncle. Uh, once, once she is in the king's court, uh, she, her uncle Mordecai challenges her to, uh, to strive to save the Jewish people. And Mordecai says, Esther, you have been placed here for such a time as this. So she's, she and her people are facing persecution, um, are facing difficulties, are facing challenges. And, and she's been called for such a time as this. And, and I think that we as the church have been called for such a time as this as well. Not, not only in the context of the pandemic, which is absolutely, and, and that's, that's what we're going to reflect on as a church, is the ways that we have been called for such a time as this to share the love of Christ in the, in the midst of a pandemic. But but also in the midst of polarization and, um, and the things our nation is facing. And so um, it all comes together and hopefully will uh, we'll be a coherent theme that uh, people can uh, reflect on, resonate with. And, um, and then they will, in fact, pledge uh, not only to the work of the church, but pledge to the work of Jesus Christ in the world. And, and our church uh, does such a good job of that, and we just want to continue to encourage that and support that and challenge ourselves to do that better each day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, so the, you're talking about um, sort of moving beyond sort of polarization um, and those sorts of things and these sort of um, presumed dividing lines, I guess. And in my mind, I I jumped back to the conversation that we had on Sunday during the forum hour. Um, And we'll talk a little bit about this later on, I guess. But uh, so during the forum hour, we were joined by three members of First Pres who were probably between the ages of 18 and 22, something in that neighborhood. Um, And they were talking about the work of of justice work and specifically anti-racism work. And they, they mentioned a fair number of times uh, how they, they didn't understand it being a political issue. Uh, and that's kind of maybe an example of one of these places where um, when our, the kingdom values that we adhere to bump up against what we're told are um, political narratives, then no, we, like, we're going to keep adhering to the kingdom values in this. Uh, and we're going to keep loving our neighbor in this. And, um, but it's those sorts of discernment things, I think, that, that we're called to make in, in every facet of our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that was really insightful for these young adults who are members of our church to just say, anti-racism is a kingdom value. They don't see it as political. It's not right or left, Republican or Democrat. Uh, We are called through our faith to proclaim that every person is a precious child of God made in the image of God. And anything that runs counter to that runs counter to kingdom values. And therefore we must uh, work to overcome it. And it was beautiful to hear that out of the voices of these young adults who were raised up in the church and 
and each of them mentioned their experiences in youth group as having informed their perspective on that. And that was, that was a pretty powerful thing. Um, and so, yeah, even as we build this stewardship campaign, thinking about uh, the way that we're raising up our youth and our young adults to be the next generation of people who are proclaiming this countercultural phrase that Jesus is Lord and we are building God's kingdom on earth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so that'll get posted online <laughs> to YouTube uh, yes, later indeed. this afternoon. So if folks want to check that out, I guess they can. Um, now might be a good time to roll into our announcements then. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just going to ask then if, if that means that you think this will preach. I think, I think it'll preach, Damon. I think it'll preach. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll see how it develops. Um, some of you may know I'm blessed with a Bible study that I do on Tuesday uh, at noon, and any of you are welcome to join us for that. We do that both uh, online and in person, uh, and I get a chance to roll through these scriptures with members of the church and ground uh, the sermon in our local context, and uh, and so they will also help me begin to develop this, but Damon, you've given me a really good track to go on, and I appreciate that very much, so thank you. Well, I'm happy to help. Uh, so, uh, switching gears then to, to the life of the church sorts of things. Yeah, uh, lots of great things happening in the life of the church. So uh, we have shifted to a new worship schedule for the month of October. Uh, we have moved our worship in the park service to 1130 in the morning. So we're doing our, our 1030 stay-at-home worship, which is broadcast live from our sanctuary and available on uh, Facebook Live as a streaming platform, as well as on radio. And then we also rebroadcast it on television a couple times throughout the week here locally. Uh, that's still happening. 1030 stay-at-home worship. You can, you can watch us on Facebook Live or listen on the radio. The in-person worship experience, the worship in the park has moved uh, to 11.30 a.m. So we do 10.30 stay-at-home worship and 11.30 worship in the park in Alexander Park. All are welcome to join us for that. We ask you to bring your own chair and face mask and uh, join us. And that shift was really just to capture a little bit more of the sun's warmth uh, in these fall mornings. And it worked really, really well yesterday. Uh, we ended up with about 70 people there in the park, and uh, it was a little bit warmer. And this this week, the forecast right now looks to be just delightful for 11.30 a.m. worship in the park. And I did have Tony change the uh, Carillon bells ringing, so those should not uh, interrupt the end of our service as they did this last week. But it was also oh, a delightful interruption. Interruption's the wrong word. Yeah, yeah. Addition. Yeah, How about enhancement. that? Indeed. It was a real, was a real value add. Yes. It's <laughs> a, a business phrase. So uh, in addition to the worship in the park service being delightful at 1130, there's an additional delight we have added for the next couple of weeks. Damon, you want to tell us about that? So for the next couple of weeks, uh, some of the folks involved in Go and Serve will have some individual cinnamon rolls available for both purchase and consumption. Um, during the 1130 worship in the park. Um, we had some left over from, from a bunch of batches that we made a while ago, and so we wanted to get those um, cooked up and, and served to folks. And then also, we are starting to do the frozen cinnamon roll fundraiser for this fall. So, um, so folks can be on the lookout for order forms, um, for that, and we have got a couple of sort of big pickup days scheduled for November and December. So, um, if if you're starting to think about your holiday plans uh, and you're 
you know, wondering hmm, what am I, what am I going to have for breakfast? Um, <laughs> we can help <laughs> with that. So, yeah. And uh, so if you've ever wanted to eat a warm gooey cinnamon roll and drink a cup of coffee while you're sitting at worship, we're giving you an opportunity to do that for the next three weeks. And so this is it. This is it. Um, you know, this may never happen again, uh, this particular opportunity. So uh, come to worship at 1130 in the park, bring a couple bucks, buy a cinnamon roll and sit and enjoy a nice warm cinnamon roll and a hot cup of coffee. And uh, we'd love to have you there. So in addition, we are continuing our coat drive. Uh, we will collect coats through October 14th, which we will then distribute to our neighbors. And so uh, you can bring those to the 1130 service in the park. You can bring those to the church office anytime, Monday through Friday, 830 to 430. Uh, we will take them and then uh, our middle school youth will help to sort them and get them hung up. And then we will be doing a coat giveaway uh, in conjunction with our uh, United Harvest Mobile Food Pantry distribution that we'll have on October the 17th. So uh, do bring down those winter coats if you've got some extras. Uh, this is a really meaningful ministry that has grown each year. Uh, last year, I think we gave away about 350 coats. This year, we've already collected that many which is great. And we will continue to seek to keep our, our neighbors warm uh, throughout the winter. So that's a great thing. Um, continue to let you all know what's happening with Christian Ed. So our pre-K through fifth grade are still doing remote Christian Ed through the month of October. We'll make a decision at the end of October, what November looks like. What does remote Christian Ed look like? It means we sent home packets to all the families. And then each week we post videos, uh, that are uh, filmed by your favorite Sunday school teachers, lovingly edited together by Steph Brader, our director of Christian education. And uh, so continue to stay up with that if you have kids that are in that age group. And uh, for the middle school and high school, we are doing youth group in person on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8 p.m., following all the same guidelines the schools follow. So we got masks, we got social distancing. Uh, Damon, how's youth group going? It's going really well. Yeah. Good. We're having a good time. A little fellowship, a little Bible study. All is well. Love, love it. Uh, Steph reports that middle school youth groups also going really well. So that's great. Adult ed is exciting uh, because we have uh, been doing it by Zoom. And uh, the great part about doing it by Zoom is we record them and then we're able to post them to our church's YouTube channel. And so I, I made this offer to people on Sunday, but uh, if you're a binge watcher, you can uh, hop on our YouTube channel and binge watch a series of adult Christian ed videos, like with the best of them. It's great. <laughs> uh, Dr. Dan Deffenbaugh taught a three-week series in September on the love of God, and it's, it's brilliant. It's really, really good and parallels very closely the themes that we talk about in worship. Um, and then as Damon and I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, this past Sunday, we recorded one uh, talking about our church's anti-racism work, and we had three of the young adults of our congregation who participated in that work this summer uh, share their reflections. And frankly, it was uh, it was a really thoughtful and also a very hopeful uh, hour that we spent together with them. And so that'll be posted to YouTube by this afternoon, and we invite you to uh, head over and look at that as well. Yeah, and we should mention maybe also just in case folks think you don't need any sort of account or anything um, to go onto YouTube and to find these videos. Um, you just go to youtube.com, look for First Presbyterian Church, and, and away you'll go. So, 
And we will send out the links uh, specifically to each of these videos via email. So be on the lookout in your emails for that. And if you're not getting emails from the church, contact the church office to let us know. So, uh, And this coming Sunday for Forum, Dan Deffenbaugh is going to return and he's going to do a, a biblical, biblical biography on Moses. Uh, and he's going to kind of connect Mo the Moses's journey with sort of the typical um, hero's journey narrative uh, that makes some of those connections between those um, between those things and uh, folks may be curious he's going to talk a little bit I think uh, about the similarities between the uh, Superman's origin narrative and story and Moses origin story and narrative so uh, folks there's a lot yeah, I was, never even thought of that. But yeah, yeah, Superman's parents, when he's an infant, put him in a basket to save him from destruction. And I had never, that never even occurred to me. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, so the creators of Superman were Jewish. Uh, and, and think probably pretty intentionally um, sort of made these, put the, the, some of the, took some of the elements of Moses's story and use them in the creation of Superman's I love uh, that. story. So, so and the, yeah, there's about, quite a few. Think about the forum is there's two ways to participate with that. One, you can actually be live. And so that'll be on Sunday morning at 9.15. And we will send out the, the link to that. Or you can email Damon or call the church office to get the link to that. And so you can actually participate in the conversation with Dan. Um, and then we'll also record it and then post it to the church's YouTube page. Uh, so you can see it afterwards as well. So two different ways to participate in those forums. And we hope you can join us for that. Yeah. Is that, that seems like that's everything on our list. I know I that much. <laughs> I don't know right. if it's actually everything or not, but whatever. <laughs> well, uh, then I'll close this with a word of prayer. How does that sound? Sounds good. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you. Thank you again for this technology, which allows us to share these conversations uh, with each other and then also share them with, uh, with others. Uh, may these conversations be a blessing as they are to Damon and I. May they also be a blessing to those who hear them. And ultimately, Lord, may they be a blessing to you. Uh, may they point people towards you and to a deeper understanding of you and the love that you have for us so that all may come to know and understand that love in their lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, all right. Well, until next time, toodaloo.